Lovely good to see you, and I want to thank you for joining us in this moment. Today we are going to connect a little bit deeper to our roots, shine a light on the Hopi corn and the possibility of thinking about how you want to relate to food in your everyday life. My hope is to shed some inspiration and to allow yourself to contemplate really why you're eating certain things and how you're eating them. This summer when I was out uh, on a visit out at Hopi, I really connected to corn in a different way than I had in the past. And being that they farm corn and consider the corn to be their children, and the corn mother is actually the mother of all the kachinas. So there's this great significance within their teachings and stories around corn. And also, it is said, as passed down by the stories that have been told and shared with me, is that the Hopi were the last to choose from the food that they would eat. And they actually chose the smallest ear of corn, which in that moment reflected back that they were humble, they took less, and they honored what was being given to them. In the same way, the traditional way for making agriculture out at Hopi is through prayer, is through rain, no water systems, and when you're out there and you see that corn growing up in that dry earth, you know that there's something more to the way we could potentially relate a to one another to our food and how we grow food it's a much different experience and there's really in my mind no excuses why we can't do anything however there might be some components that are missing so oftentimes when we're connecting with food this is a very personal topic because if we have any wounds in our sacral region in that creation center that we will use food to placate it sometimes to fill ourselves up before stress and again this is because maybe we've diverted off the path and don't hold food in reverence like we might want to and we get accustomed just to having what we want and satiating our senses the way we want now imagine just in many tribes around the world or many locations around the world there are typical staples some it's rice, some it might be corn, different things, and that is this main sustenance that they get and that they can share. They actually also share, save every part of the corn and store it in case there's a bad crop. They're always thinking ahead. They're not just consuming everything and throwing it out or let it go rotten. They're always thinking about the future and that they might not have what they need through a certain season, and they're also kind enough to take care of others that maybe don't have someone farming for them. So while you think about this, maybe you can think about the food that you have in your cupboard and your refrigerator. Are you mindful when you shop? Do you overbuy, and are you throwing away a large amount of food? And if so, why? And maybe your inspiration this week can be to adjust your consumption, meaning the amount of food you purchase. And if you still overconsume, maybe thinking about giving it back, sharing it with others, 
that might be in need of it rather than letting it go rotten or and or you could start a compost and get it to the earth too. While you contemplate this, we're going to finish listening to that hoopy chant. It's called the Butterfly Dance. This is a dance of the maidens. While you listen to this song, just imagine yourself being out in the middle of nowhere where it's very arid and dry and that the traditions are taught in a way where they call in the rain to water their crops. And that is how many, not all, sustain their crops and stay in communion in that harmony. When you see it and when you feel it and you feel the prayers on a cornfield, something really speaks to self and to Mother Earth. And it's almost potentially a link that is almost extinct on this planet. So just close your eyes, connect to that vision of the corn crops in the middle of nowhere, arid desert, and looking out up towards mesas and amazing rock forms, and see what comes to you, taking a deep breath in and out. If 
you really want to connect to some of the traditions, a great way is to do it through food. That is a way that we communicate our culture and way of being. This book is called Hopi Cookery by Juanita Tiger Cavana, and there's a whole section on the corn and talks about the different types of corns. In this book, they mention four different types, but they actually have beyond white, yellow, red, blue. They have purple. They have um, different shades of yellow, and then a bright red and a maroon. So all these corn, like seeing this whole spectrum of light, and then each color of corn is connected to a different direction and symbolizes a different thing and is used in ceremony in that way. And to have that opportunity, just like I said, to connect to those children, the corn, and feel their spirits and what they hold, it just reminds me that how often we just eat things and we don't think about connecting to where it came from and what it is doing for us and why we're putting it in our mouth. Do we need it? Are we snacking? Are we avoiding something? And here, this is the complete opposite for most people. It's been nursed, meaning nurtured and prayed for. Rain's been called in for it, and then it's been stored, and not one piece goes to waste, and not one part of that corn goes to waste. So if you are interested, you can still get this uh, book on the internet. I've provided a link below. And they consider you know, the corn to be a gift from Mother Earth and how they take care of it. So the beautiful thing about this book is at the beginning of each section, there's a little narrative that's given as it relates to the traditions and to the recipes. The blue corn, which is their really yummy out there and plentiful and it's a quite a bit experience if you can have some from there. You can even nowadays with some of the seed banking or some of these seeds if you do have your own home garden and consider trying it out here wherever you are, wherever that here is. Now last week I mentioned a book called Healing with Whole Foods by Paul Pitchford. And I'm going to continue to refer to this book because it really is a beautiful wealth of information. And it's a lot of information. It actually takes some time to go through all the touch points. For instance, when we look at corn, it's in the grains chapter, but then it's also going to be in other aspects of the book where they suggest certain diets depending on what your imbalance might be or condition might be. And then it might appear again in the different recipes. So. It's not as simple as just all being in one area. It's repeated. And so I find this book, you can keep digesting more and more information. And as mentioned last time, Paul keeps creating new additions and revising it and updating information as he's receiving new bodies of information or wants to refine something. And that's another point I'd love to point out, especially when you're talking about food, is that we go through these trends, as I mentioned before, and rather than really eat towards trends, it's better to listen to your own physical body, where you are, what's available, and see what works for you. In addition, 
it's also really important to maintain a critical thinker. Something may come out and they might think it's really, really good for you, and you might decide to go with that trend, yet you also might want to be open to the idea that something could change and you need to release that or bring in new bodies of information so that you can adjust your diet, adjust how you're eating, and see where that takes you. And so I love and I commend uh, Paul for taking the time to revise, create new additions, and see what happens. So this corn, last weekend I, I found some corn tea, organic corn tea from Japan, I believe, and I don't have it right in front of me. I was at a market that was Japanese and Taiwanese. So this corn, tea, the corn tea is roasted corn, this organic tea that's really a beautiful thing for many aspects. So the healing properties, many of you might have been taught that corn has no nutritional value whatsoever. But I'm going to, just from page 465 in this book, share a couple things that Paul wrote down, is that the healing properties are neutral and thermal in nature. They're sweet flavor, a diuretic, nourishes the physical heart, influences the stomach, improves appetite, and helps regulate digestion, promotes healthy teeth and gums, tonifies the kidneys, and helps overcome sexual weakness. Drink a tea and made from the whole dry kernel to treat kidney disease. He goes on to say that corn was traditionally cooked by Native Americans with lime. When cultures in Africa and American South and elsewhere first began to use the grain as a staple in the late 19th century and early 20th centuries, there results in an epidemic and an often fatal wasting disease involving skin lesions, diarrhea, and nerve deterioration. The cause was discovered to be a niacin deficiency. Corn is very low in niacin, but when lime is cooked into it, niacin absorption in the body increases. Eating corn regularly poses no problem for people who have a varied diet or other wholesome foods. However, when corn becomes predominant in a narrow diet, the ancient tradition of adding lime makes sense. Good source of niacin are wheat germ, peanuts, natural yeast, nutritional yeast, whole wheat, and most meats. So think about corn and its properties, and the corn silk is also a, a high diuretic and can be used for a tea infusion for urinary difficulty, high blood pressure, Enzema, kidney stones, and gallstones. It's neutral in thermal properties and sweet and bland in flavor. So corn isn't exactly what maybe you've been taught about. Maybe you knew that it contained more. And it really has a lot of beautiful things to offer you. The blue corn has 20% more protein, 50% more iron, and twice the magnesium and potassium of yellow and white varieties. So this is another reason why you might be inspired to experiment with blue corn or see if that you want to grow it or you want to get some cornmeal to add to your diet. In uh, typical Indian Native American Indian traditions, hominy is created, and this is a dry corn that's soaked in water and cooked and through a pressure cooker 
it's just a, a simple way to consume the corn and can be tried. They also make tons of other things from tortillas, dumplings, polenta, uh, the Iroquois create uh, corn with chili beans and squash used in many different ways. So oftentimes when you're given a main staple you find a lot of fun things to do with it. So think about how you want to connect with corn. Yes, in North America we're not in corn season. However, this is a time of year that it would make sense by Hopi traditions that you would use dry corn because it's something you save for the winter months. So if you're out at the market and want to get some organic cornmeal and see how you'd like to experiment with it. And then as you're preparing for your spring to summer crops, you can think about planting some corn and see what happens. And if inspired, you might, just might, think about saying, what if I just planted this corn and relied on rainwater alone and see what happens? Just some fun that you might have and connect with food in a deeper way. So we're going to sign out with a song called Red, Yellow, Black, and White by Freedom. If inspired, sit back and really connect to why and how you eat and how you might be able to shift your consumption both into your physical temple and from the local stores. And if you can't do that, then you might be inspired to share it with others in an anonymous act of kindness. Until next time, this is she signing out with a deep bow, a soft gaze, a full heart, and a namaste.